Welcome to episode 21 of the Montana Values Podcast, where we'll be performing a post-mortem autopsy on the 2020 Montana election. So grab your gown and gloves, and let's get right into it together with our host, Tammy Fisher. Tammy, before we start, a few housekeeping issues. First of all, another hearty thanks to our listener, Nance, in southeastern Connecticut for a kind contribution to the show. We appreciate her listening and for her support. And also to all of our loyal listeners for making our last episode our most downloaded episode in release week ever. So thank you. Yeah, that's very exciting. We're really pleased with how many folks deem it appropriate to listen in and are willing to spend portions of their days with us. Today, unfortunately, we won't be hearing much from Mickey because she has come down with a cold. So sadly, you'll just be listening to me on this episode. I promise it's not the Wuhan flu. So the the big issue that we just couldn't wait to talk about is, of course, this last election and in particular, Montana's turnout and how Montana fared in this last election. And the primary takeaway for all of us is that the Democrat candidates were absolutely slaughtered in the election. And they, that's not just barely beat. They were slaughtered by wide margins, margins of eight to 15 points and friends. What that represents to us is that's the split ticket voters of Montana, those eight to 15 points. Those are the people somewhere in the middle, people who are willing to split the ticket in other elections to vote for either candidates or issues that they're interested in. And it might vary across the board. So while the Republican politicians are rubbing themselves in butter over their sweeping wins, a true and reflective autopsy of the election results is in order And the autopsy really only needs to focus on about 15 percent of the voters in Montana. That's who we're going to talk about today because they're really the only folks that matter in our Montana elections, because 40 percent of Montanans will vote a straight ticket for Democrats. 40 to 45 percent of Montanans will vote a straight ticket of Republicans, no matter what. They're the party loyalists and don't care about anything but voting a straight ticket. They may not even know who the candidates are. They'll always just vote straight ticket if you got either a D behind your name or an R behind your name. Those are the reliables. But we're going to call the remaining 15 percent the middles. And it's the middles that matter and are the focus of all political races because they are willing to split the ticket, willing to buck the party loyalist system, and generally don't feel compelled to vote a straight ticket. They're the votes that win or lose elections. So as we do this autopsy, we're looking at why did Montana go deep red? Why were everyday Montanans, the middles, willing to elect criminals in some instances and unlikables in other instances to lead the state? And the cause of death discovered by this autopsy, well, it's not going to be liked by the Democrats or the Republicans. It's a hard set of truths, but it's one that must be heard by both parties. It's also very Oakham's Razor-like. And I think I'll probably botch this, but Oakham's Razor is basically comes to the, the philosophy of sometimes the simplest and most obvious explanation is the right explanation. You don't have to make it harder than it is. Sometimes it's just staring you in the face. And the first truth that will hurt the feelings of politicians that just won their seat will provide some relief relief to the candidates that lost, and it will upset the candidates that won. And the truth is, it's not about the candidate. Your win or your loss is not about you. You, in our opinion, had absolutely nothing to do with it. And that's a change in Montana politics. 
The middles used to vote for folks they trusted and that were likable. That would help help shovel them out of a snowbank if they needed it. And it's not that people don't like Steve Bullock. They just don't care about him as an individual when they vote. For example, there's some that voted against Mike Cooney that would still really enjoy having a beer with him. And it's not that people like Greg Gianforte. They don't care about him as an individual. There are some, in fact, that voted for Greg Gianforte and that really don't have any desire to ever have a beer with him. The middles don't care about who the candidate is as a human being anymore. They don't care about their character. They don't care about their integrity or their criminal history. So for those candidates that lost and let their self-esteem suffer for it, fear not, the suffering is over. Because this election and your race was never about you. For those candidates that won, don't let your ego get convinced you won because people like you personally and overlooked your personal flaws because you're such a great human being. That didn't happen either. The middles don't care about you any more than they care about the losing candidates. The middles only care about what the candidate represents. And that brings us to the second truth. The word Democrat, despite the protests of reasonable and rational Democrats, has become synonymous with the words liberal, elite, rioters, Antifa, and liar. We're not saying that's true, but that's the perception. And in politics, perception in the mind of voters is reality. Listen to the perspective of Georgia voters here that we think rings true in Montana. Contessa Brewer in Alma, Georgia, population 3,441. Contessa, what are they telling you in Alma? Well, they're telling you that this is God's country. And if you listen right now, all you can hear is traffic and, you know, the nighttime sound of insects. When I was driving here, I actually saw cotton fields. I saw pine timber forests. I saw scrapyards and lots of Baptist churches. This is Bacon County. It's solidly red. 86% of the 4,668 votes here cast for President Trump. And that fits the profile of the Trump voters that we've seen across the country. This is a rural county. 81% of the 11,000 residents are white. Only 10% have a college degree. The top employers here include food processors, transportation and manufacturing companies. But really, it's agriculture, that major economic driver. Poultry, pomegranates, especially blueberries. This is Alma, the blueberry capital of Georgia. And I ask people about the divide in the way that city dwellers vote and the way that rural voters vote. I'm from Ohio. Ohio is a huge melting pot. I'm used to different things than down here. Um, When I moved down here, it was a complete culture shock. We're divided. We're very divided here. Mostly blacks are going for Biden. Most of the whites is going for Trump. He's already a multi-million. He's the richest man in the world. If he can do that, certainly he can uh, take this country and get it on the right financial track. That's what my way of thinking, but I'm just no country boy. The woman who grabbed my attention the most did not want to go on camera with me, Shep. She sat in her car, and when I said, what's behind this divide, she broke out in tears. And she said, I don't know, I can't even talk to my own mom, who's a Democratic voter, about this. She's like, but the things that are important to us are different in the country. And she goes, and I can't talk to you because they'll judge me. They'll judge my accent and think I'm dumb. 
It is something that is heartbreaking to hear, and there's got to be a way, there has to be a way for people to reach out with more curiosity and understand. The Democrat Party, the place where union workers used to call home, is now known as the home of the thought police, overeducated elitists that have no perspective and no relationship with the working class and who have prejudged every word that normal adults say and prejudged any perspective other than their own as racist or wrong. And again, we're not saying this is true of the -the run-of-the-mill Democrat. We're saying this is the perspective that has caught the attention of and persuaded the middles to choose any Republican candidate over a Democrat candidate. Because Democrat now represents all those things the middles find wrong with this country. Like... Rioting and looting when you don't get your way or in response to other crimes. Harming another person because they have a different perspective than you do. Disrespecting the police. Incessantly attacking the president with baseless claims which drown out legitimate criticism of the president. Is it any wonder that if the perspective of the middles is that Democrats represent everything wrong in this country, that they will vote for anything not Democrat? Think of it. How many Montana farmers driving a combine with their kid driving the grain truck? They listen to the radio and they hear about riots and looting in Minneapolis, Portland, and Seattle. All these places run by Democrat mayors willing to condone and express an understanding of that activity. Do you think that farmer is going to think to himself, yeah, those Democrats definitely are on the right path? There's not one in Montana that I can think of that would say that. And they're all looking at their kid driving the grain truck thinking, I have to protect him or her from that line of thinking. And they're also thinking, as good parents do, if my kid ever thought in response to me doing something wrong, hey, I'll burn down the neighbor's house, I'd kill him. So when leaders in the Democrat Party condoned rioting or expressed an understanding of the response to wrongdoing as harming another person or their property, Virtually anyone with a brain looked at that and said, uh, no, hell no, you can't do that. So by condoning or saying nothing about the rioting and looting, police and their unions moved towards the Republican Party. So did the rest of the middles. They looked for leadership to quell the unrest, and the leadership came from the Republican Party. The next truth is hard for Democrats to hear, but you got to stick with us until the end. Donald Trump was right. I know that you now would like to turn off this podcast. I know it's painful, but the perspective of the middles is not that Trump is a bully. The perspective is the Democrats will do anything to unseat a duly elected president, literally anything. And why has that perspective been cemented into the brains of the middles? Because when Trump coined the phrase fake news, the middles at first didn't believe it until the bias in the media was revealed time and again to be true. I didn't believe it either at first. I thought all journalists, by and large, reported the facts without political persuasion. And that's just not true. And the fact that Fox News is now viewed by more people than ever as being the preeminent news channel is a reflection of the rise in this perspective. How the heck did Tucker Carlson become the highest-ranked show on TV in his time slot? That's not because Republicans watch, but because the middles now watch and view Tucker Carlson as a reliable source of information and persuasion. 
very few middles look at Jim Acosta and think, well, now there's a fair guy. They don't. And he has done nothing to help legitimate criticism of the president become the news of the day. When the reporter becomes the news, people stop listening and start believing Trump was right. And if Trump says fake news, then the news should be entirely disregarded. The media, in its zeal to persuade people against Trump, have instead persuaded people against the media. And the media is largely viewed as Democrat and liberal and therefore becomes yet another negative reflection of the Democrat Party. So good, high quality journalism isn't bubbling to the top. It's the bad stuff that's bubbling to the top. When Trump said the Democrats spied on his campaign, he was right. When Trump said the Steele dossier was corruptly obtained and used to wrongly obtain a FISA warrant to spy on him, he was right. When Trump said there was no Russian collusion and the Mueller investigation would not find collusion, he was right. When Trump said the impeachment was a sham and Adam Schiff, the Democrat and former prosecutor, was lying about the caliber of evidence he had, Trump was right. And it doesn't matter if the details of the so-called bad acts reveal that shenanigans were occurring. The details don't matter. The fact is, the equation for the middles is simple. If confirmation of impeachment didn't occur in the Senate and the Mueller report didn't reveal collusion, then the Democrats lied. And the Democrats, instead of doing good things for the country, focused all their efforts on removing Donald Trump from office, including focusing on impeachment when they should have been working on a plan to address the coronavirus. So they lost all credibility. So Donald Trump became viewed as a sympathetic figure for the middles in Montana. And the de facto leader of the Democrat Party, Nancy Pelosi, well, she became firmly embedded in our minds as a hypocrite, focused on herself and incapable of leading. Nancy Pelosi got her hair done while the rest of her state was in lockdown. Nancy Pelosi said nothing about the rioters and looters. She actually condemned the police. She refuses to work with Donald Trump on a bailout package that most Montanans would approve of, which is essentially to do the same things as the last one. Instead, she adds bailing out California and Illinois to the price tag, a price tag that you and I pay for and that came as a result of state mismanagement of funds and not COVID. And she thinks we're dumb enough to not recognize pork when we see it. And what about COVID? Well, if it doesn't affect you personally, you don't really see what the fuss is about. None of the middles understand why we can't say the virus came from China. Why that's a bad word. How is saying China virus racist? I'm pretty well educated, but I don't even understand that one. Or that Donald Trump is personally responsible for killing 250,000 people? Now, the Democrats could say he mismanaged the crisis and here's why, and some have, but that message has been completely drowned out by the nuts who call themselves Democrats shouting, Trump is a serial killer. But the Dems were furious when Trump shut down travel in February due to the virus threat. So the DNC and liberal wing have made someone, Donald Trump, who otherwise does a fine job of being bombastic and inciting strong responses in his own right, they've made him sympathetic and someone people want to protect from Democrat, liberal, elitist bullies. Again, it doesn't matter if that's true or not. What matters is perception. 
So our initial thoughts for Democrats in Montana on how you regain the middle. Number one, change the face of the Democrat Party. Your leaders are elitists that Montanans can't relate to. The face of the Democrat Party is Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer. And even if your candidates say they will do things independent of party leadership, the middles don't believe that because we all know the purse strings are held by Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer. What works in San Francisco and New York doesn't work in Montana. And Pelosi and Schumer set the Democrat agenda, and it's not an agenda that will consider Montana and her values. Number two. Take a stand when bad things happen under your party's banner or other states. When Democrat leaders in other states are apologizing for being American, tell Montanans you think that's horseshit. When other Democrat leaders in other states are saying we should give citizenship and free health care to illegal immigrants, no questions asked, tell Montanans you think that's horseshit. Rioting and looting is bad, period. So say it. Every candidate on the D ticket should have been saying that and saying, let's work together to solve these issues. Those that said it didn't say it loud enough. The state Democrat Party should have plastered the airwaves with messages that resonate instead of sitting back and waiting for the national party leaders to say something. It's okay to say Pelosi and Schumer do not represent the Montana Democrat Party. But if you say it, you better act it and you better mean it. Number three. Stop leaning towards the liberal wing of your party. For God's sake, the middles are in the middle. Lean to the middle. Not all of us want a free college education or a college degree at all. We just want good paying jobs. Not all of us want to break up legitimate businesses because they are too profitable. Not all of us think the government should dictate CEO salaries. Not all of us think government should have a role in our daily lives. Most middles believe in equality of opportunity, not equality of outcome. There is a distinct difference, and Montana Democrats must recognize that. Number four, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink. Stop assuming middles are dumb. When liberal elites call folks with a different viewpoint deplorable or uneducated, we take offense. I can have a different opinion and not be condemnable as a human being. And when the face of the Democrat Party says those words or is viewed as believing those words, you lose the middle. If Republican policies are bad, explain why. Don't just tell us you're a fool for supporting that. If someone says defund the police, change that term loudly and repeatedly before it takes off and is repeated incessantly by your liberal wing. What I have heard in response to the outrage defund the, uh, to the term defund the police is, oh, you're dumb. You don't understand. That's not what they really mean. Well, say what you mean and use the right term, because otherwise defund the police. People think that you're saying what you mean. They're going to believe it. If that's not what you mean, don't say it. Don't use the term. Number five, recognize that right now. We're more divided than ever and more afraid than ever. We seek solace in the place that most reflects our values. We don't have the bandwidth to deal with social issues when our economy is in a shambles. We look for steady strength, and the predictability right now is with the Republican Party. The liberal left is not predictable at all, and the middles run towards stability. 
Montanans believe they chose stability and sanity over the unstable and the insane and completely overlooked the candidates and their qualifications. Because by and large, the Montana Democrats ran a platform of innately good people with pretty solid character. They just didn't understand that they weren't running a race between individual candidates. They were running a race against their own national party's record, a record that most middle Montanans reject because it's not reflective of who they are and who they want to be. But don't worry, Montana Democrats. On the next show, we'll talk about how the results of this election have left Montana in the position of be careful what you wish for when we examine what a blood-red future in Montana looks like with Montana's new governor and the righty rights of the right wing controlling the legislature. Thanks for taking us with you today, and we'll see you next time. You've been listening to the Montana Values Podcast. Consider becoming a sponsor of the show by visiting our website, montanavaluespodcast.com. Locate the sponsor page and click on the donate button. Follow us on Twitter. Our handle is at MT Values. Find us on Podbean, Pandora, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Overcast, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Podchaser, Spotify, and Podcast Addict. What's your favorite Montana value? How do you live it? Write to us. Our email address is montanavaluespodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.